Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. Hello, Holden. I'm a little surprised that we actually have voices still today to do this podcast, <laughs> since we were, you know, living it up at our friend's wedding last night, uh, shouting, uh, doing a lot of during yeah, the it, we, uh, ushers. We were, yeah, yeah, we were singing for and dancing for around three hours straight. It was <laughs> it was a lot. It was a it lot was, of fun, though. It was a sight to behold. Shout, uh, shout out to Cole and Anna. Uh, congrats on your wedding. Congrats on your wedding. Now just start listening to the podcast. That's yeah. the key to a long <laughs> and healthy marriage. Yeah. So uh, but we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of the first episode of The House of the Dragon. Um, that's it. Uh, the House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel series that i was really excited about i don't know if holden was excited i was moderately anticipating (laughs) sweet all right let's dive in that one movie podcast but first jimmy let's do some toms all right holden let's do the toms The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Oh boy, Holden. So we didn't do Toms last episode since it was the Better Call Saul finale and we wanted to get it out there right away. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing we have a lot of Toms this week. There is quite a bit. Um, maybe not as much as I was initially expecting, but there, there's some stuff to talk about. First, we've got some trailers. Oh, boy. Uh, let's let's talk about that uh, Pinocchio trailer. Uh, to clarify, this is the, the Disney one, um, not the Guillermo del Toro one, uh, because, yeah. <laughs> what what'd you think of this Disney Pinocchio trailer? All right, so it's Disney Pinocchio I have not seen Pinocchio since I was like six. I don't remember anything other than he's a puppet. I think he wants to become real. And whenever he lies, his nose gets bigger. Yeah, I I really don't remember much about like I, I feel like I've seen the movie when I was younger. Um, my dad had a bunch of Disney VHS tapes um, that we, we would all just watch. And I don't remember if Pinocchio was one of them. I don't, but I'm like you. I really don't remember anything about it. I uh, was just thinking in my head. I'm like, what's a Tom Hanks's character's name in this? I just remembered that it was Geppetto. Yes. I almost said Gestapo, which is <laughs> not the same thing. That no. is a completely different movie entirely. That I am, for one, glad that they are not making. I presume <laughs> Disney is not making that. Probably. Uh, uh, regardless of how Walt Disney felt about certain demographics, I feel that current disney hopefully is not making that movie so uh good i just hope you know is tom hanks gonna do a weird accent again is this the year of weird accents for for uh tom hanks 
I hope so. <laughs> I want I want to just hear him do a weird accent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I saw uh, Elvis is being added to a streaming service later in September, so might have to finally watch that. <laughs> I I, you know, that movie could be good. I just really don't want to watch it. I don't have any good reason not to watch it. I just don't want to sit down to do it. Yeah, it's also long, so... Yeah, it's long. I like Elvis, but I don't like Elvis that much. You know, Austin Butler looks good um, in it, so there's that. This movie, Pinocchio, I think looks visually impressive. I would say. Lots of colors. Yeah, Yeah, visually very vibrant, uh, which is always good, especially for a Disney movie like this. Um, I'm still apprehensive about the cg characters because it's robert zemeckis cg characters which even in his most recent stuff have all looked very weird and they still kind of like some of them do look kind of weird in this one too i think pinocchio looks pretty good um honestly but some of the the animals look they, they remind me of the hbo max well the the formerly hbo max film <laughs> the witches um yeah uh, well, Robert Zemeckis certainly has not shied away from CGI at all no. since he got obsessed with it. Some t- <laughs> I don't know if Polar Express was like the first time he became obsessed with CGI, but yeah. he's obsessed with it, and it is a lot of CGI. I think like it's very colorful. I think at least what was in the trailer was impressive. Um, but like, if you're going to just make an animated movie <laughs> why well, make an animated movie that was an animated movie beforehand uh i don't know i i have no attachment to the movie pinocchio at all like i said i don't even remember what the plot is like yeah. i don't know what happens so yeah I, i'm not um, anticipating this movie i'm not dreading this movie it is just another movie i would like robert zemeckis to have a win because uh he's taken a lot of l's recently <laughs> He certainly has. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, all I really know is that there's a whale, which was in the trailer, and uh, the only reason I know that is because it's a level in Kingdom Hearts, so inside of the whale. But anyway, um, we'll, we might do this for the podcast because September is starting out pretty slow, so this might be the only thing that comes out that week. <laughs> and it's just coming out on Disney+, Plus, right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. So no theatrical release. Yeah. Seems like an expensive movie to not have a theatrical release but yeah i don't know they did that with lady and the tramp and they're doing that with lilo and stitch so i guess it's all the ones that are like famous but not famous enough that they they don't think will make a billion dollars at the box office yeah pinocchio pinocchio though you know i feel like well, that like well, it's a people staple. know people know pinocchio the character and like the the song that plays in the trailer but i feel like a lot of people are like you and me where we just like a lot of people don't know the plot of this movie <laughs> i don't i don't know Jiminy many people Cricket. that talk about pinocchio as among their favorite D- disney classics yeah well i don't know i'm at a bergeron it's on disney plus i guess which yeah. i haven't been using so honestly i should just cancel disney plus well, you can't. You got Andor coming up. Oh, that's true. Guess I'll have to keep Disney Plus. <laughs> that's how they get you. They like they have like one or two months in between things I actually want to watch. Mm-hmm. So, golly, I do. I I want to talk about She Hulk and and what are you doing? I've got right. some thoughts on that, but um, yeah, I'll go Bergeron for this trailer. 
All right, um, next trailer, Holden. Yeah, the next trailer. Let's talk about White Noise. Yes. Uh, which is the new movie from uh, Noah Baumbach, mm-hmm. uh, director and writer of Marriage Story, soon to be writer of Bar- co-writer of Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And some other movies. I've seen a couple of his other ones. He's very talented. Um, this is apparently based on a book, which I don't really know what the book is about. Um, and the tra- this trailer does a pretty good job of, of hiding what it's about. It's a, it's a pretty solid trailer, I think, because it, it's more of just uh, like what we talk about where it, it tells, it gives more of the tone and like characters and stuff without really giving anything away with plot. Um, what do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, I have no idea what to expect from this. I just saw like uh, Noah Bombach, which did I didn't realize he was even making this. I don't know. Somehow that slipped under my radar. Mm-hmm. Maybe just overshadowed by Barbie. Uh, Adam <laughs> Driver, obviously. Uh, Greta Gerwig, you know, yeah. some big names attached to this. And like you said, very just kind of incoherent trailer, but in a good way. Yeah. And it, I, it, it had a little bit of everything. There was like some humor, some suspense. Some just dry delivery, yeah, <laughs> of lines from Adam Driver. So basically, it, I, I I'm bought in. I'm excited to see it. It did its job. Broke off from me. Yeah, and it seems to be set in like the 70s or 80s. Uh, I was kind of I just pulled up the Wikipedia of the book, and it doesn't give a date. But if it's supposed to be modern, kind of modern day of when the book came out, the book came out in 1985. So yeah, early 80s, I'd guess. Um, but yeah, just don't know anything of what to expect. I don't really want to read a synopsis of the book or anything because I don't want to know what happens, but I'm intrigued. Come into Netflix. I'll give it a brokaw. Yeah, this is a good one to just go in blind, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, next trailer. Let's talk about Wednesday. Another, Wednesday. Uh, ne- another netflix uh thing coming out this is coming out in october i believe um it is a tim burton it's a a mini series it might be a full i don't know if it's a series or not but direct uh, apparently all directed by tim burton um and it's based on the adams family which seems like a match made in heaven that surprisingly hasn't happened before (laughs) like (laughs) yeah um what'd you what'd you think of this trailer um, look, it's got, um, uh, Ortega. What's the Ortega? Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega, um, in it. Of course she was in Scream 5, mm. Scream, was that this year's Scream? Yeah, it was January. Yes. Good, good Scream from this year. <laughs> she did a nice job. She's in this. I, um, I don't know if I watched the right trailer. I watched like an inside look or something and there was like directors and talking Oh, okay. About there, and, there was a full trailer. Okay. Well, I watched the... <laughs> Either way, I got a good idea of what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, this doesn't seem like a show that I would watch, but I did appreciate it for what it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like Jenna Ortega's delivery. It seemed kind of funny. Um, it seemed like they knew what they wanted to make, and it, and I think they're going to go about executing it pretty well. Um, like, I, same with Pinocchio. I just have no nostalgia or anything for the Adams family uh, yeah. I do remember watching it as a kid and somewhat enjoying like the VHS because I like found the VHS at my grandparents house I was like oh the Adams family I've heard of them 
da 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 dun you know it's yeah. the theme song and whatnot so i remember watching it and thinking like the hand was pretty funny that just goes around but yeah uh, no attachment to these characters i probably won't watch the series but for fans i think it looks good i think it you know it seems like a lot of care has been put into this i think jen ortega is a great fit for the role based on the delivery of what i saw and of course tim burton's a very uh capable director um behind it this like you said it's right up his alley mm-hmm. it seems like the most logical thing of all time <laughs> um so yeah i mean good for all those diehard adams family fans out there <laughs> yeah i uh i mean i enjoyed the adams family the movies from the 90s i think those are pretty entertaining mm-hmm. um i don't have a ton of nostalgia for them or anything but um the actual trailer looked very interesting because it looks like it's well i don't know if it's going to be like tvma but it might be because there's like blood and stuff in it it's it's very weird but it's still keeping like the campy comedic adam's family tone um seemingly uh so i'm very interested in it um yeah, uh, it does bring to mind, though, we never talked about it. Did you watch that Monsters movie trailer from like no. end of July? No, I didn't. Okay, it is. <laughs> so it's directed by Rob Zombie, who I've never seen any of his movies, but um, he's he has his fans or whatever. But it the <laughs> <laughs> he uh, a lot of people think it is like among one of the worst movie trailers ever released. It is. It is pretty bad. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't know anything about the monsters, but it's kind of similar vibe, I think, to the Adams family. Um, I don't know. It, it's. I'm. I'm curious about that as well. But that trailer is pretty bad. That's my cliff notes for the monsters trailer. Thank you, Holden. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think this is a good trailer. Brokaw for uh, Adam for Wednesday, not Adam's family, just Wednesday. Wednesday, the day. Uh, well, the day of the week, Bergeron. Yeah, because it's middle of the week. Hump you know, day, you, as they say. You, yeah, hump day. Getting close to the weekend, but you know, a couple days left. Uh, trailer. I'll give it a Brokaw. Um, and then the final bit we have is for the Last of Us first look, which is just literally like. 20 seconds long (laughs) something like that yeah really not very long uh but it was uh just the first footage we've seen from the new last of us series on hbo it was kind of released alongside some little bits for other shows i don't remember it's the classic it's the classic warner bros here's everything that's coming out hopefully it doesn't get delayed trailer hopefully it doesn't just get removed from the service (laughs) (laughs) canceled last minute um Uh, anyway what'd you what'd you think of it jimmy oh well of course this is we get more of a glimpse of what the show is actually going to look like in a little bit of the actors and the roles i'm forgetting the actress who plays ellie now i mean we have pedro pascal as joel who i think even in this little uh brief first look trailer thing I think he's going to be an amazing Joel. I mean, he even nailed the voice. Yeah. I don't remember what line he says, but something like, you know, like whatever. It's like, you're treading a mighty thin ice, Ellie. He said something like, something like you, that. Don't, you don't know what real loss is or something. You don't know what real loss is. He, yeah. He. <laughs> something like that. One it, of those lines from the games. It's, it's one of the biggest, you know, most uh, emotionally 
uh, draining scenes or impactful scenes from the game recreated uh, in the show. And uh, he nails that delivery. Um, I'm, got, I'm looking up the, the actress's name here again. Isn't it like Bella Ramsey? Bella Ramsey, yep. Bella Ramsey. Um, her voice... I don't. It was weird hearing her voice, um, personally. It'll be something I have to get used to. I mean, she's great in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. as the Lady Mormont, whatever something her name is. She's great in that. Yeah. Um, so I think I just had to get used to the voice because is it Ashley Johnson in the game? Something like that. Yeah. Her, she her voice is very distinct, and that's been the voice I associate with Ellie. Pedro Pascal just sounds like Troy Baker's. Um. So he looks like he's pulled right out of the games. But um, yeah. Nick Offerman, <laughs> I was like, is that Nick Offerman? It yeah, is. I didn't know he was going to be in this. <laughs> he's playing uh, Bill, who is a character in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I think this, uh, I'm excited, Holden. Yeah. Uh, they looks- seem very confident with it because they saved it for the very end of the trailer. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a big thing for HBO. So I'm going to... I'm I'm very optimistic with it. Yeah, and of course Craig Ma- uh, Mazin, 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 Mazin. Apparently, uh, a, or I don't know if it's Mazin. <laughs> that's just what I say. Uh, apparently, a very big just video game fan because that's like what he's working on right now. Because <laughs> he's doing this in uh, Borderlands. All right. Yeah, that's right. Um, of course, he made the critically acclaimed and award-winning sh- miniseries Chernobyl mm-hmm. on HBO as well. So looking forward to this. 2023 is when it's coming out. Um, not sure exactly when, but uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Definitely on top of my most anticipated somewhere yeah. for next year. So I'm going to give it to Brokaw, Holden. Brokaw for me as well. All right, uh, other news. Uh, let's get into the Warner Bros. stuff. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, I uh, I told you I told you yesterday that like a lot of what they've been doing over the last couple weeks, especially, is making me like actually angry. And sometimes I'll like I'll play it up for the the show, but like this is me actually getting angry in real life, like just reading it. So all right, let's. I'm I'm ready to go, Holden. I I don't even know. I've been out of the loop. Busy with school starting back up, so I'm ready to hear it, Holden. What has right. been going so, on at Warner Brothers? So, for, <laughs> yeah. So first of all, uh, just circling back to Batgirl a bit. Um, I just like to start this up with Batgirl news because this is what started it all. But uh, so the directors uh, of Batgirl apparently, like immediately as soon as the news broke, were li- like just locked out of like Warner Bros. servers. Like and because they like went to they like tried to go in to get like behind the scenes material and maybe get some like uh, some raw footage for themselves or something and they just like can't get it now. I mean, okay, from a company standpoint, I get why you would do that. Um, But from like just the sheer frustration of being a filmmaker who just Mm -hmm. poured in what I would imagine is a couple of years of your life. Yeah. To make this thing. At least, you know, at least 12 months of your life to make this thing. And then to literally not even have access to anything about mm. it. Like, <laughs> stuff you worked on. That would be so frustrating. I mean, I understand why, as a business, Warner Bros. would want to would do that. I mean, I don't understand why they would want to can it. But 
in this reality where I can't change that decision, I guess it makes sense that they wouldn't want anything. Showed, yeah, the, f- but the footage just, the, bit just makes stinks it. for the the filmmakers and the everybody involved, the entire crew. Yeah, yeah, and the footage bit makes a bit more sense. It kind of, from what they said, it sounded like they weren't gonna like take any. If at most they were gonna like maybe record a bit on their cell phone or something kind of for their own personal use but it's not like they were going to take the whole movie or anything like that but the other behind the scenes stuff that is like saved on warner bros servers is just like they don't have it now so all they have is whatever they had like on hand which just sucks here's my theory holman Mm -hmm. 4d chess move by warner bros they're gonna try to start another grassroots social media campaign release the bat girl (laughs) I, I, it's gonna be oh oh release the Batgirl huh okay we'll I guess we will drop it on HBO Max after all everybody's curious millions of subscribers billions yeah. of views <laughs> well that's you know that's what I hate is because I think that's what they are gonna do is something like that where they're gonna they're gonna play it off as an act of goodwill even though they're the ones who canceled it in the first place <laughs> like is this gonna the pe- ultimate social media power move advertising yeah. And obvi- that's pure speculation, but just the fact that it's all completed, I just, it seems, it still is, like, unreal to me that they have this almost fully finished movie that they're just not going to do anything with. I don't know. I've been telling you, Holden, we'll get into this more, and <laughs> what are you doing? But I started watching Nathan For You, mm-hmm. where Nathan Fielder goes and gives businesses ridiculous business ideas <laughs> that are usually unethical <laughs> in order to increase their business. And... It sounds like Nathan for you is just, or, you know, Nathan Fielder is just their director of marketing over at Warner Bros. <laughs> right now. Like, you're going to make an entire movie right when it's about to be released. You're just not going to release the movie. People will get upset, generate all this talk, all this coverage, then release the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Except the problem with that is nobody outside the film circle really knows about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, I people it's really only people that are paying attention because i like at most what the public probably knows is that batgirl is canceled and that's about it like i don't i don't think many people know like just how like crappy warner bros is going down the toilet the the huge poop they're taking the huge poop they're taking well i don't even know how many people know that there was a batgirl movie that was canceled well there there is quite a big social media thing that came out about like when it was canceled especially with like the stars and stuff so i think at this point a lot of pe- uh, just general public would know this um i don't know about that just walk down the street and be like hey did you know there's a batgirl movie being canceled well then the person would probably be like why are you talking to me like but <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's what I say every time you start talking to me. Anywho, Holden, what else is making you angry with Warner Bros.? Uh, well, so this isn't necessarily making me angry, but this is just related to Batgirl. Um, the, apparently, on the Warner Bros. lot this week, there were some secret screenings of the film uh, for the cast and crew along with the executives, and it was being described as almost a memorial service for it. But well, I mean, at least they got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that, the people that made it get to watch it. I wonder if it was like a, just a really rough cut or how close it was to being done. Yeah, I don't because like pre-production, um, 
or your post production post production yeah yeah post post production i think was mostly done but i don't think it was completely done so i don't know anyway um anyway other other stuff warner bros is doing this is the stuff that gets my gets my goat a bit more really grinds your gears grinds my gears and okay so they they have removed more stuff from hbo max um including some more hbo max originals but also just like general wb content that like you can't get anywhere else with no plans of ever bringing it back and like (laughs) there's no physical releases of half of this stuff so there's just like no way to watch any of these things um so some of the shows that have been removed, uh, one of them was Close Enough, which was an animated series from HBO Max, which the third season of that just came out like a month ago. Hmm. And I like I was watching it. I never even got the chance to watch the third season. And now it's just gone. <laughs> Is it good? I I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I've it's it's just it. it's nothing like incredible, but I th- it's by the creator of regular show on Cartoon Network um and very funny show um and another one that gets me uh, upset is infinity train which i think is one of the best cartoons i've ever seen um just in general it was on cartoon network and it's very short-lived it this show kind of had like a bad hand dealt just overall because cartoon network ended up not wanting it after two seasons and then hbo max picked it up uh, made seasons three and four did not market it at all and then it got canceled and now it's just removed and this is a, like a big one because this has like a really like big fan base and uh there's aside from the first season which has like a dvd there's just no way to watch this anymore and the dvds are like on ebay right now going for like thousands of dollars hmm even on the high seas yeah. Uh, well, I'm sh- I'm sure there is our <laughs> ways to watch it on the high seas, and that's that's something I want to get into here. Is obviously not fully endorsing piracy, but I almost want to say for situations like this that that is the ethical thing to do. Well, like if there's literally no way to access it, yeah, I don't know what I don't I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess the- what other how else could you watch something? exactly yeah like you have all of these artists and i that's another thing that's made me mad about this is because i've kind of kept up with some of these people that have made these shows what's kind of seen their reactions to this and they're like very little like lack of notice about all of this and they're just in this crappy situation because now no one can like experience their work and like i'm sure they've got copies or something but like there's now no one like they're just not getting any residuals they're not able to share that art or anything so piracy i mean in those situations i feel like is just the best way to respect the art like at least then it's getting experienced right i don't know it's it's a uh, just mind-boggling why they would do this there's i i don't understand the incentive to do this mm-hmm. again their their uh, marketing people are are on <laughs> are on drugs <laughs> or something. Yeah. Like what is happening? Why are we making these decisions that make zero sense? And uh, so, what uh, a very a funny thing that did come out of this though was one of the shows that got fully removed is on HBO Max was Uncle Grandpa. Do you know? Are you familiar with this show at all? No. 
Okay. It was a Cartoon Network show past both of our times. Um, and I was never really, like, the clips I saw I thought kind of seemed obnoxious or whatever. So, I, I, like, the show itself, it's not like I'm really missing much there. But the when they were removing it, Uncle Grandpa for a little bit was on there for a little bit longer with only one episode left. And the episode that was still on there was titled, Please Help Me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh... That's hilarious. Again, I Nathan Fielder's behind all of this, Holden. Honestly. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I don't know how else to explain it. I don't and, know what's going on. And, uh, I mean, the, the list of shows that were removed is longer than what I said, obviously. And there was even some HBO originals that were removed, too. Not anything that was, like, super notable. It's not like they took off Game of Thrones or something, but, like, it's... Just all of this original content and legacy WB content. I'm like, what the heck is, what the heck is happening? I don't know. And also, uh, apparently, 14% of Warner Media's staff was just laid off earlier this week. Uh, most of which was from the HBO Max division. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So. What are you doing, H- not HBO, Warner Brothers? Why are you ruining everything, huh? Discovery. Huh? Yeah. I, Why don't you just go uh, back to making Deadliest Catch? Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't, obviously we can't point fingers because we don't know exactly what's happening, but it, since this has all been happening since the merger, it really just seems like it's Discovery's leadership. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, just head-scratching doesn't make sense i don't like it old and i'm gonna give it a bombadil uh yeah i'm giving uh this stuff so far a bombadil but there is more um warner bros stuff um warner bros yeah uh so apparently cutting believe it or not cutting everything has not been a good idea <laughs> like in the long run. <laughs> it's backfired what yeah it is it is backfired um so apparently wb um, part of the reasoning they were doing this is because before Batgirl and all of this has happened, they were losing money and they were hoping to earn back like some of that, I think, in taxes. I don't I don't think that's completely confirmed, but that's the the pro- prominent theory. Uh, but apparently in the last quarter, they have lost over 20 billion dollars in value. Holy smokes. Um, and a that's lot more and, than I have. <laughs> yeah. Same. Wow. Yeah. Believe it or not, us combined with the podcast. Um, but and a, a, a much of that has been lost since the beginning of August when Batgirl was cut off. But apparently, WB only has enough money to release three more movies this year, uh, which gets into some other news. But apparently, so they delayed uh, Shazam 2 because they just literally cannot afford to release it. How does that work? How do you... I don't know. I don't know. Because they pay for distribution and stuff. And I I guess in Shazam 2's case, it kind of makes sense outside of this because it was releasing alongside Avatar 2. That makes sense. So if they were hoping that to be a big paycheck, that makes sense. But right now, the only movies they have left coming out this year are Black Adam, uh, Don't Worry Darling, and House Party, which is a movie I've never heard of. But apparently it was <laughs> apparently it was originally gonna be on HBO Max, but it's now going in theaters or something. I don't know. Okay, so I guess so the what it seems like is so this is why they're dumping all this stuff, it sounds like. So they're for like I it sounds like they are just have zero liquid capital. Like they mm-hmm. have no money 
right now that they could spend. So it seems like in order to kind of increase the money pool they have now, they are just ta- dumping these uh, movies that they were just going to put on HBO Max um, as a, just a loss so they can write it off on their taxes so then their taxes won't be as expensive so then their money pool doesn't decrease as much. Well, and then, I mean, so potentially then HBO Max could just release Batgirl next year. Well, no, how they can't do that. I don't know how that works with taxes because I'm just, I'm guessing they're just writing it down as, oh, we spent this much money and we didn't make any money off of it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we don't have to pay as much money in taxes. Well, so, what yeah. well, make... here's an idea. How about you sure. just don't make a, an expensive movie that you can't afford to make? <laughs> <laughs> yeah black oh, adam looks boom, like says, oh like, my gosh i should be in a john Locke over here adam <laughs> smith the wealth of nations over here holden black adam wow. looks like it just has like 200 million dollars thrown into it like willy-nilly <laughs> and i i'm not like that movie may have dwayne johnson in it but i am not convinced that movie is going to make a ton of money for them because i don't know anyone that is excited for it yeah, I don't I don't know. But that's the thing with Netflix too. It's like you don't need to spend 200 million dollars on your streaming service movie. That doesn't make any sense. No, it, it I okay, Warner Bros, yeah, spending 200 million dollars or whatever on Black Adam, at least that's going to come out on theaters and you're going to actually make your money back. But if mm-hmm. you're just dumping it on a, a streaming service, I that cannot equal subscriptions. No. No, it certainly doesn't. And like I I don't under I don't see how they can possibly even earn enough from subscription existing subscriptions and potential new subscriptions that would be brought in for that movie. I don't see how they could possibly pay that off like for those expensive movies. Like I in my opinion streaming services should be low budget movies mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, for like the original low, stuff. Yeah, very low budget shows, that sort of thing. You can have a couple tentpole franchises that are like your really big money makers, like your Game of Thrones, you know, Stranger that, Things, your Stranger the Things, boys. and you can you can yeah, the boys. You can pour your money into those. You can take a maybe even a loss at those, you know. As as long as okay, you have that every year, people coming back for that. But then have you know, you know, invest a lot of money in the littler things you can have you know for one red notice you could have 20 independent films and just one or two of those have to hit and you're already doing better than red notice would have done yeah (laughs) you know saying like just if you hit on 10 percent of these movies um and then that just is better for the whole film industry overall that sort of thing you know maybe not 20 but maybe like 10 you get 10 independent movies and hit on 20% of them. I feel like your odds are just greater than makes more sense. Have the the show set up your new franchises that people will want to stick around for and keep the mm-hmm. service for. and Rather than one $200 million red notice and then another $100 million movie a month later. It's just, I, I don't understand why people think that will work for a streaming service. No, I don't get it either. It's... <laughs> 
Well, and then, like, slightly circling back, I don't understand, like, this house party movie that I've never heard of. Like, they're just, they're putting that in theaters. Like, why not just do that with Batgirl? <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like that would that if they're worried about having current liquid capital, like that would earn them a lot more money. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Stupid. Yes, but you see, Batgirl is a woman only. Yeah. And, and women I- cannot make money at the box office. Oh, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> even though they had Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, this is from the same studio that made Wonder Woman. <laughs> what is happening? Um, to be fair, I don't think Batgirl would make nearly as much as Wonder Woman. So there is that. But I, who knows? I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're drinking what drugs they are doing at Warner Bros, but whatever it is, uh, good luck to you guys because you're going to need it because holy smokes, what is yeah. happening? It HBO is... Max coming from my favorite streaming service to going down that ranking. <laughs> yes. Um, figure it out. Uh, don't kill off Game of Thrones, please. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bob- Bombadil again. <laughs> Bombadil again, yeah. Uh, before we move on from Warner Bros, just a quick few things. Is this uh, more Warner Bros? <laughs> yeah, this is oh this is gosh. not like super. This is not like negative stuff. This is just some like release date stuff. Okay. Shazam two delayed to March seventeenth of next year, so still getting it relatively soon. Happy St. Patrick's o- Day. What? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um, it's taking uh, Aquaman's spot, which was delayed to December 25th. Merry Christmas. So, so what? how many of those, like, 2022 The Year of Heroes movies came out? One? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I don't even remember. Yeah, have we had a DC movie this year? There was one, right? The Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Batman. And we got DC League of Super Pets. Which we didn't see, but apparently it was pretty good, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. And theoretically, we're still getting Black Adam. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah, Black Adam's coming out. Yeah. I already forgot about it. When is that coming out? October. Wow. So much to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but then also, uh, so Evil Dead Rise, the new Evil Dead film, obviously, is apparently no longer going to be an HBO Max movie uh, due to some very positive screenings, and that is going to be released in theaters April 21st of next year. And uh, best for last, uh, we are getting The Nun 2 uh, September 8th of next year. (laughs) The Nun 2. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah. Interesting, great, Holden. Bergeron for all these uh, release dates. Yeah. I will also give them all a Bergeron. Um, although, not quite done with release dates, because we had one big one uh, that I okay. messaged you about. Uh, the next Saw movie is oh, yeah. coming out October 27th of next year. Uh, it's going to be directed by Kevin Grutart. I don't know if that's how you say his name. He was the director of Saw 6 and 7. And he was like the editor for like all of the first seven movies. <laughs> He's the editor. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, uh, great. Can't wait. Hold on. Uh, two Thomas, two thumbs up. Brokaw. I, yeah. I'm excited to hear what they name this one. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Um, I saw six and seven are very funny. <laughs> 
Don't people? I I'm forgetting now. It's been a few years since I really watched the Saw movies. Isn't Saw Six supposedly one of the better ones? Yeah, Six is like a lot of people's like second favorite. I think it might be my second favorite one because it's like the perfect mix mix of like stupid lore, like convoluted storytelling, and just like in obscene traps. It's like exactly what the best parts of that like French that first seven movies was I think so okay well you know but seven's got Carrie Elwes in it again, that's true so but I mean he also directed seven so there you go you know so maybe he'll bring back Carrie Elwes <laughs> bring him back again uh yeah um yeah Brokaw uh yes. Glass Onion a Knives Out mystery is coming December of this year so finally getting that yep good Brokaw. Brokaw. Great. Uh, the Bioshock movie. Got some big news for this this week. Uh, so it's going to be directed by Francis Lawrence, who is the director of all of the Hunger Games movies aside from the first one. Okay. Uh, but it is the cooler part. It's going to be written by Michael Green, who wrote Blade Runner 2049 and Logan. Oh. Wow. So... Maybe I'll actually get into the story this time. Yeah. <laughs> since I did not when I was playing it. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, very interesting. Um, I, I mean, good Get writer, to see Rapture on the big screen. What? Get to see Rapture on the big screen. Well, no, because it's on screen. Netflix, remember? Get to see Rapture <laughs> on my big screen that I have. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. For I... I think the Hunger Games movies are directed relatively well. I think the first one might be the worst one. That might I, be an unpopular... Well, I, I don't my- remember. There's a lot of shaky cam, I think, in the first one. Yeah. I think Catching Fire, from what I remember, was my favorite. So, at least That was directed- my favorite book. I remember the third and fourth movies liking it better than the third book overall. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was like an improvement. So there we go. Can't wait for the ballad of songbirds and snakes. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> Jimmy, good transition. Uh, they, Viola, yes. Dav- Viola Davis is playing the villain of the ballad of songbirds and snakes. Apparently, uh, she's mm-hmm. playing. <laughs> this name is really dumb. Uh, Doctor Vol- Volumnia Gowl. Um, she is apparently the head game maker. Of okay. Whatever time this is set in. The pre-Hunger Games... Hunger, yeah, Hunger the pre-Hunger Games, Games Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> the negative 25th quarter quell Hunger Games. <laughs> President Snow. <laughs> what if President Snow's first name was Yellow? That'd be pretty good. That'd be funny. That's why he goes by President. <laughs> <laughs> what if his first name was President? <laughs> oh, that'd be even better. President Snow. Oh, please call me President Snow. <laughs> uh, Viola Davis. She's a good actress. Yeah. She is. Great. <laughs> uh, Bergeron. Yeah. Bergeron okay. for me. Okay. It's, what else do we have, Olden? This news segment has not been rapid fire. <laughs> I think uh, Scott I knew it wouldn't be because I knew I had a ton to say about Warner Bros. Uh, but anyway, last bit I'll talk about. Uh, is movie pass Jimmy? Have you oh been- yes, the return of the king. The return dun, of dun, the king. Dun, dun, dun. Movie pass uh, is relaunching <laughs> very soon. Speaking um, of business ideas that 
that did not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so they kind of came out in the last couple weeks and said, oh, hey, so uh, starting, oh, it was like the 25th? Or something starting August 25th, we're gonna open this wait list that you can join. Oh, which and I totally forgot to join. I, I signed up for it yesterday, so it was a little late. It's still open, it closes August 30th, so I would get on that. I'm, I don't, I'm doing it right now, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you get on this wait list, and then they might invite you to the beta of their launch on September 5th, Labor Day. Um, and they have not like released what like their business plan is at all. They're they're like entirely going off of the the mystery, the hype, the the nostalgia of the old service. Aside from we know that there's apparently going to be three tiers of ten, twenty, and thirty dollars, but we don't know what each one contains. So we'll see. But regardless, I I signed up for that because Movie Pass was like the best deal in the world. <laughs> And I've seen a lot of tweets and stuff uh, of people that are like, you know what? I was there for I was there when I bankrupt <laughs> when I helped bankrupt uh, <laughs> movie pass the first time. I'll be there right at the start the second time. Um, but I'm very excited for it. I'll probably when it actually launches, I guess the next episode after it launches will be in two weeks. I'll want to talk about it on the podcast if we get in. That is. But just when, did, when did you say it's launching? Uh, Labor Day. Um, I don't know if they're letting you know before Labor Day, uh, but the wait list closes on Tuesday. So anyone, if you listen before Tuesday, August 30th, 2022, and you're interested, I'd go sign up. I um, added my email, but then I realized it wasn't the email I had used before. So I put it in now. So okay. I put in two emails. So double the odds. Double the chance. Double the odds. Um, it kind of made it sound like like uh, legacy subscribers or whatever might have a better chance. So yeah. Well, you know, movie pass and trusting anything they say. <laughs> it's not a combination. That's true. Uh, but you know what? For eight months, I think it was. See, the, it was the best streaming. It was the best subscription service of all time. <laughs> the the difference between this and uh, Warner Bros. is this is uh, fun to make fun of. Uh, this is <laughs> this is fun when they lie because it doesn't really like we don't really care that much. And it was fun while it lasted. Uh, unless See, this, like, was, we the, this was better because the the business decisions actually for the most part except for the the last month or two um the business decisions the idiotic <laughs> economical business decisions made up but made by the higher-ups benefited the consumers entirely be- benefited us <laughs> hbo max uh our warner bros or whatever discovery media did not all right great uh movie pass brokaw bring it back brokaw I mean, even if the $10 tier is two movies, that'd be amazing, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious because, I mean, if they somehow made like, un- I don't think they'll go back to unlimited movies, but if that $30 tier was that, I would do that. That would still be I don't, worth it to me. I don't, I don't go to more than three movies in the theater a month, though. Don't we? No. I don't think we so. go I like think every we ta- week, though. No, we don't, because everything's half of stuff is just on streaming nowadays. Holden, 
I feel like we go more often than you think, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I maybe we not go, like I think currently. we go two to three times a month. Maybe not currently because it is a bit of a dry spell in the theaters right now. But I think you are overestimating it, Olden. <laughs> so I'm going to say I hope that $10 tier is two movies. So yeah, there, we, there we are. There we go. All right. Uh, is that it? That is it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about some House of the Dragon. All right. So House of the Dragon uh, is the new Game of Thrones prequel series that has aired on HBO. Um, I guess and I- quick, quick quick like non-spoiler thoughts i would say and then we'll just dive into the spoiler review yeah non-spoiler thoughts all right this show is um at least the first episode if you have i was gonna give a bit more context before we got into it but if you want to go you can go i'm just going holding okay fine i'm taking over i'm i'm getting on the dragon all right i just i do i beforehand i do want to say uh just recapping our thoughts on game of thrones both of us really like game of thrones except for the last season yeah and i still liked most of the last season until the second half yeah i liked the first half of the last season i liked i liked the first two episodes of the last season (laughs) well as someone who could actually see what was going on you know the battle tactics i I get all that okay i get all that (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> it's not flawless. I don't think it's as terrible as people make it out to be, though. I think it's, like, fine. I think it's, like, a 6 out of 10. I think it was just incredibly underwhelming. And it's, It was incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. It, you know, they didn't nail the land. Like, it's, Game of Thrones, the ending should have been the best part of the entire show. And it didn't live up to that. So it just is extra. It, it extra sucks that it didn't do that. And, Which is why uh, a lot of people are so bitter, I think. And Bran becoming the king. Well, spoilers, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Who cares? Dumb move. Um, <laughs> um, anywho, I was going to say, House of the Dragon, if you've seen Game of Thrones and you liked uh, the political drama, the scheming, if, if you saw King's Landing and every, whenever we went to King's Landing, there were people sitting around having meetings and Tyrion's being the hand of the king and Tywin's, you know, yelling at everybody. You know, that sort of stuff. The political maneuvering. People pulling strings behind the scenes. That was like your favorite part of Game of Thrones. I think House of the Dragon is like that, but it's the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, is what it's been kind of, what I, what my understanding of it is. And this first episode lives up to that concept. So if that sounds appealing to you, I would recommend watch the show. I think the first episode is great. Uh, we'll dive into it uh, here. I, I think it lives up to everything I wanted it to be. Um, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones and all that sounds interesting, I think you could watch this show without yeah, seeing Game of Thrones. Totally. But here's what I would recommend. I would recommend watch some of this extra HBO stuff that they put on YouTube that explains, okay, these are the houses Here's kind of like, okay, we're coming back to Westeros, this sort of thing. Learn a little bit about like the characters and the families. I mean, you don't have to do extensive research, but just spend like 20 minutes. Watch a few videos. Introduce yourself to 
some of these characters um because they do a good job of like here's what this family is like here's the brief history of the family and here's a couple characters that will be in the show without spoiling anything so that's what i would recommend just so you're not completely lost at the beginning of the show and like what is happening i'm not Um, even sure i i don't think you need to i don't think it would be that hard to get into this uh i mean granted we are only one episode in but just based on this first episode i don't think it would be hard to get in without having seen anything Um, i don't think it would be impossible but i i just think like for me having seen game of thrones twice the show um the first season was just so much more enjoyable when i knew who everybody was and what was happening like so so just having a reference for who everybody is because i know like just from what I've I've learned from listening to podcasts and watching the show, uh, the clips and stuff, I know there are like some very minor characters in this episode who are going to play big roles in the story. Some somehow I don't know how they're going to do it because I haven't read the stuff. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so performances in this episode very good. Game of Thrones level performances they're all usually pretty good. Are we getting into spoilers here? No, no, All I'm right, just, not yet. Okay, yeah, I'm just overview. Um, it looks like Game of Thrones. I mean, it looks like better vis- than Game of Thrones. It looks um, better. I would say it looks better than Game of Thrones, particularly the early seasons. I mean, yeah, okay, that's that's fair because the earlier seasons wouldn't have had the budget, and obviously they're older as well, but. I mean, I think this looks on par with the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, in my opinion. It's no yeah, better, no worse. Still very know. good looking show. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just been, yeah, I think it's been great um, so far. I just think it was a really good episode to get us off with. I thought there were a lot of creative choices mm-hmm. um, that enhanced the the way the story was told in this first episode. I didn't. I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen um, to different characters in this um, first episode already, like like in the setup. I didn't know exactly what would be kind of the inciting incident. I knew like something's going to happen here, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't know what the fate of certain things was going to be. So I, I enjoyed that. And I, 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 yeah, there were time. Yeah, there were a bunch of times where it was just people sitting around a table talking about politics. But I like that. So, if you love you the know. Star Wars prequels, yeah, and I like the Star Wars prequels. So, <laughs> no, I mean it, this is I I don't like the prequels that much, but I I quite enjoyed this, and I'm sure there will be. I mean we we got some a little action in this episode and stuff. I'm sure there'll be more of that, but um, yeah, there are a couple winks and nods to Game of Thrones, so that are like okay. Yes, this is connected to Game of Thrones in the future <laughs> that they added for the show. Um, yep. But yeah, music's great. Visually stunning. I think the CGI looks really good. Yeah. Uh, well-paced. Really good performances. I'm um, glad they uh, were okay with dumping as much money as they did into this after the reception to the end of Game of Thrones. Well, the thing is, is like, if you watch the interviews, like George R. R. Martin is genuinely excited, genuinely excited about this story. Like, I mean, he literally wrote the book <laughs> for this when he was supposed to be writing The Winds of Winter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, 
he really likes this story and these characters and the Targaryen family as a whole. And it seems like he's more involved in this. And the whole the whole story has already been written. So, like, uh, one of the big kind of hypotheses of why the ending of Game of Thrones didn't work out is that, well, one, it was very apparent that it was rushed. But number two, it wasn't fully fleshed out in novel mm-hmm. form by George R. R. Martin where this whole story has been written and completed by George R. R. Martin. So they know how this story will end. Um, of course, they can make creative changes to it if they see fit um, or to make it work for television, but they know where the story is going, so they can build to that. Yeah. And it has been renewed for a season two. Yeah, officially. already. So there we go. There's that. It's apparently the biggest, I think it was the biggest HBO premiere ever. It was very large, so. And I would say that this first episode is better than the first episode of the original show. Only seen the original show once, so I can neither confirm nor deny. I mean, the original show has kind of like the cliffhanger ending yeah, um, to that first episode, but uh, I think as a whole, this one had just has some more going for it. Sure. So, um, it's already off you know with the, to a bang so i'm excited i'm really excited to see it develop anything else you want to say holden before we dive into spoilers here no nah, i'm good all right sweet so we start off spoiler time we start off with a prologue and um they are you know it's uh, i can't remember the king's name but what from what i gather is like this king targaryen king took over at like a young age, like really like a boy basically, but he like was the king for like 60 years and it was like a really good peace time. Uh, but all his like heirs had died off. So he needs to like name an, an heir. Um, so like they're going to decide between, um, boy, I forget the, 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 I forget the name of the, the woman, but it's something Targaryen. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> Who the wife of Corlys Valerian, um, okay. who's like the sea snake is his nickname. He's gonna be really cool, I think. And then it was Viserys Targaryen, who is the king when the show starts. So obviously he's picked in Harnhall, which looked really cool. I thought in the in the prologue, that's the uh, that was a castle that was destroyed by Aegon the Aegon the Conqueror, Holden. He's, you're throwing a lot of a lot of words at me that I don't, I don't see. This is why you need to watch the clips, Holden, because you get so much more of an appreciation for everything. Okay. Harn uh, Hall is the the castle where uh, Arya was the cupbearer for Tywin in season two of Game of Thrones. Mm. If you remember that, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, well, it's good. You should rewatch that. You need to rewatch Game of Thrones, Holden. Okay. Um, so. Basically, he's picked, um, and uh, the the woman who is not picked, the other front runner, uh, becomes known as like the queen who w- never was, mm-hmm. or yeah. the queen that never was. Um, her husband Corlys Valerian is still a member of the High Council, as we see later on, and uh, you know Viserys is having the same issue. You know he he hasn't had a son, uh, so he's like, you know what? We're having a baby. My wife's pregnant. She's about to have go into her labors, as they say. 
And you know what? It's going to be a sun this time. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> prematurely celebrate. Always a good idea. Just count yeah, your chickens before they hatch. see anything going wrong a mile away. So I'm just going to throw these games in my son's honor, celebrating the heir to the throne. I will wife. say, I will say, I was surprised it was actually a son. Yeah, I was like, something's going to go wrong here. I don't know what it is. Like, is the son going to be born, but then he's going to be murdered later on? Because I know there's a time jump in the show. Like, yeah. Uh, after okay, the sixth I'll- episode, they're like, jump forward like 10 years or something. That's. I wanted to bring that up because I... <sighs> So I I didn't realize there was going to be a time jump. And then I like was looking up the cast and um the the daughter character, I can't remember her name. Um she's not even like the top build for that character. Um, yeah. Uh and I I'm familiar with the actress who plays um the Alice in Hightower or whatever her name is. Yep. Um the older version of her, Olivia Cook. I remember her. I've seen her in other things. So I was like, I wonder when that character's coming in. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, she plays the older version of of Hightower. Okay. So, yeah, I just wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I think that happens after the sixth episode or something. So, the, yeah, this is going to span multiple seasons, mm-hmm. um, which will be weird. I mean, so the, the Rhaenyra Targaryen, the, the daughter, Millie Alcock, is the young actress. She was terrific. Yeah. She was. she was great. I you know, it's gonna be hard. I mean, Emma Darcy is gonna play her her older version, but Millie Alcock's been tremendous. Mm-hmm. And um it's gonna be hard to say goodbye to her because she's been so good. Um but maybe they'll like weave in flashbacks or something in the future. But uh yeah, so uh you know, we're having this problem of succession and it's a good show <laughs> succession's also a good show holden you haven't seen it though have you i've seen one episode and it was good it, it is good um yeah just counting his chickens before they've hatched and of course the 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 most i guess i don't know controversial iconic at least talked about scene of uh, the uh, the premiere episode has got to be the uh, the delivery scene of mm-hmm. the the sun um that was uh difficult to watch i think is the understatement to say there yeah yeah very graphic and gruesome um but i love how it harkens back to uh you know the core of of game of thrones and and the core of the george r, r. martin storytelling and that's uh, the human heart in conflict with itself like you know here's viserys targaryen this mostly good guy it seems like he has to make this choice where it's like well is he gonna just kill his wife to save his son that he's been wanting or does he let them both die and he's he stays there with her while they do this just c-section medieval c-section and knowing she's gonna die and just how awful that must be to endure yeah and for the sun to just die later and the whole air for the day air for a day thing oof yeah you mentioned um well i I guess before i get to that i i was not probably one of my few issues with the episode was i didn't i didn't like pick up on that the kid had died and i thought like 
the way it was the way it was like delivered to the audience was kind of clunky and like out of nowhere um i disagree so when you watch it they say congratulations viserys you have deli- you've given birth to a, mm-hmm. a baby boy and then right before it cuts away to like the next thing i don't remember what the next scene was i think it might have been like back at the tournament yeah yeah the baby has like a little cough thing and you're like oh what what was that and then in the future scene where they're on the funeral pyre about to be burned by the dragons you see the big body and then there's the little baby little wrapped up baby so i was like okay the baby has died and that's when it's revealed that the baby has died um which i thought was effective to do it like that you know I mean, and not yeah, as I, I think like i think, I think that was a little bit a little bit more subtle than watching a baby actually die on screen. no i i, I but like i i don't disagree that like that that visual is is like the best way of or a very good way of doing it but it's just to me it came way more out of nowhere than anything like i was just like oh okay the the baby is dead okay <laughs> like uh <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't seem like. I mean, I don't know how you properly build up something like that, but it was. It just seemed like it came, narratively came out of nowhere and was just a strange thing to have happen. Okay, I just gonna disagree with you on that one. Okay. So fair enough. Um, this the show. I <laughs> they're like, oh, it's not gonna be as like. Uh, not as much nudity and stuff and i'm like there's was plenty of nudity in this yeah, first episode a lot, uh, of, a lot of sex yes a whole brothel worth of of sex mm-hmm. um yes uh a lot very gruesome way more gory than anything in game of thrones right yeah which I think is is kind of entertaining. I, it's it's weird because, like, as you said, like a, a lot of this has been billed as, or it, like people think it's more politically inclined and everything. And but now we have all these gruesome things happening, and kind of hope that continues. Honestly, I think it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if yeah, if it's not the front or the forefront, that's fine. But just sprinkle it in there. Yeah, I I listened to the Nerd Soup podcast, which I recommend too, because they yeah, they you, you recommended a lot, Jimmy. Yes, uh, good Game of Thrones podcast to listen to, and they were like, ah, I thought they were saying they were gonna get rid of the wieners, and the other one of the other hosts was like, well, technically they did like get rid of a wiener <laughs> in the episode because they literally chop one off. So yeah, interesting. Uh, I think we should get into the character of Damon Targaryen, played by Matt Smith. Yeah. Um, I believe just, he, I guess, a, a villain type cast now. Like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I think Damon's gonna be more gray than we led to believe. I mean, first off, okay, he does all these horrible things. I guess they are to criminals, but still harsh. He seems mm-hmm. very, you know, confident. He's got that cocky Targaryen persona. Um, but then you also have the kind of the on one hand you have him saying oh he's the this kid's the heir for the day and and rubbing it in and and rejoicing that he's still the heir to the iron throne but on the other hand he has this really you know 
I, I, I would use the word intimate, but in, in Targaryen terms, that could be uh, <laughs> misconstrued. But he has this intimate scene with Rhaenyra, his uh, cousin, I niece. believe. Niece. Yes, niece. Thank you, because they're brothers. Niece Rhaenyra, and, and just like consoling her and telling, you know, I think he genuinely does care about his brother Viserys. Um, but he also sees him as someone who can be manipulated and taken advantage of. And I, he's just, just like, hey, man, I'm just more open about taking advantage of you. Whereas the rest of your high council, they're also just, you know, vultures feeding off of you. And yeah. you just don't realize it, which I thought was like a great line. And um, on one hand, he's he's saying all these things, but I think he genuinely does care about his family. So I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. Now, granted, they might literally be fighting <laughs> to the death against one one another, but I'm hoping there's a little. I, I think there's going to be nuance to his character. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there will be. Um, I mean, most characters in Game of Thrones aren't just black and white and everything. So while he may seem like a villain right now, I'm sure it won't be entirely. It would be cool if he just completely flips. Like, I mean, maybe not ex- at one moment, but he he's being built up as a villain right now. And then he turns out not to be later. Yeah, which I like a lot. And th- I mean, you have him, you know, he, even in the when the jousting tournament, he uses kind of has the cheap shot where he just uses his I don't know what you call the jousting pole uh, javelin. Is that what it is? The javelin? Yeah, pretty sure. He just uses it to take out the horse like that seemed pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Played dirty. Um but uh you know and then kind of his foil Otto Hightower the hand of the king you seem like he seems like this very like righteous person at the beginning someone you can trust and then <laughs> he tells his daughter Allison to go basically have sex with the king to try yeah. to get pregnant pregnant with <laughs> with a boy uh to increase his family's political influence which is like well that's not a a good thing to do no <laughs> So I liked that little twist because you're like, well, you know, like I said, Damon is very, it's very easy to tell when he's being a jerk. Um, Otto Hightower, he's a lot sneakier about it. Um, Played by the lizard. Yeah, the lizard. (laughs) I was like, he looks so familiar. Um, (laughs) He was also Rasputin in The King's Man. Oh, I did not know that. Never did see The King's Man. Yeah. It's probably on HBO Max for now. For now. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Nobody's safe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just like how, you know, Otto Hightower, here I am thinking he's, oh, he's way better than Damon. But, you know, is he actually? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It. Yeah. I'm excited to see. Maybe he's uh, a little finger type. Yeah. I'm excited to see Alice in Tower. Um I've heard her be compared to like a, a Cersei Lannister-esque character. So, really? Yes. Um, so I'm excited to see her role. I have no idea what she does or what happens. Um, but I like how she's like Rhaenyra's best friend. Mm-hmm. That relationship, again, is it even genuine? Is it just a, a play for power? Um, of course, you got all the maesters and all the whatnot at the council. And I love the little detail, too, of, of um, Viserys, the king, getting cut a couple times on the Iron Throne. 
Um, Because I guess in the books, that happens to people who are, like, not worthy of sitting on it or, you know. I also just like how Viserys, you know, he has flaws, but he's genuinely, like, a he's he's mostly seems like a good person at least compared to the people around him but i love this because like george r R. martin's like yeah well great people don't necessarily make effective kings um and you can kind of see that with all these people trying to manipulate him yeah i'm I'm getting his character is giving me uh flashbacks of ned stark (laughs) yeah a little bit in a lot of ways um, and you know he makes this quote-unquote right decision to put Rhaenyra on the Iron Throne as the successor, but um, the rest of the like that like like objectively like that's probably the moral thing to do. Um, but is that the best thing to do in terms of the? the security of the entire realm based on the yeah. you know patriarchal principles of the <laughs> of the continent and the time uh we'll find out i suppose it's going to cause some rifts for sure yeah um i i, did, I, I was thinking as, as you were talking about matt smith some more i <laughs> It's it's almost comical how much they're building him up as like a villain and stuff because his his like knight outfit looks like <laughs> it looks like this is just like uh, it, it has like dragon wings and stuff yeah. and it looks like something like a video game like knight villain would wear. <laughs> he rides like this big red dragon thing, <laughs> like it, it. He just he screams villain, which as you said, makes me think he's not going to be as such, but we'll see. Or at least he's going to have like genuine motivations. for Yeah. Like maybe he is better, more, uh, more equipped to be uh, an effective ruler because he is not as moral. He is, he can, you know, command the room and draw the line and, you know, yeah, I don't know. We haven't seen enough of Rhaenyra, I guess, to, to know what she's capable of. But she's obviously very charismatic in terms of just, uh, w- you know, watching her on screen. And uh, like we said, um, the actress Millie Alcock has just been a delight so far. So mm-hmm. I'm obviously we're rooting for her at the moment, I would hope, <laughs> at least and, over Damon. And she Will, has I'm, a, a I'm, knight. There's going to be. What's that? She has a knight friend. Yeah, like uh, the uh, like a bodyguard or something. Yes, gotta love the like the the mentor figure. Yeah, he he reminded me of the Onion Knight and looks and possibly role as well. <laughs> yeah, the Onion Knight. <laughs> I forgot about Sir Davos, one, one of the, the best, best characters. Game, Game of Thrones characters. Yes, um, I'm excited. Uh, other moments, things, characters you want to talk about, Holden. Um, I don't know. I, I guess like... we have okay. We have the scene where he's you have the huge. I think it's Balerion is the big dragon skull. He was like the biggest, the yep. biggest egg on the Conqueror's dragon. Um, you have that scene where they're in like the, I don't know if it's the crypt or whatever of the Red Keep, where uh, Viserys the king is talking to Rhaenyra and kind of explaining the you know what it means to actually have a dragon and what it means to have power and how do you wield it and that sort of thing 
and then explaining like you know <laughs> a song of ice and fire basically saying here's the plot to game of thrones um the show um, yeah, I, which I is like... a which is a new thing. It's an interesting addition because uh, what some people brought up, and I thought this is a really cool connection. It's kind of like how in Rogue One, Gail Erso like created the sh- you know the central shaft in the Death Star, and that explains it. Um, but on this, it's like how this is this Targaryen kind of secret that they're these White Walkers, and we need to like destroy them and use the dragons to destroy them when they mm-hmm. when they come down to and break through the wall, that sort of thing. And um, kind of the inciting incident of Game of Thrones, or one of them, is when the Jamie Lannister kills the Mad King, stabs him in the back, when he's like saying, "Burn them all, burn them all, burn them all." Yeah. Um, and people have been like making theories that he was kind of influenced to do this because he was having these visions of White Walkers, and he was kind of being delusional about that. Okay. Which I think is an interesting idea. It's an interesting concept. Like that's where he got this. That's like that's why he was so horrified, and he was having these delusions, and he was, you know, starting to burn actual people because he was like hallucinating them to be White Walkers. That would make sense. Yeah. Which is, I th- I just think it's a cool theory that mm-hmm. that works. But that's that's what I got, Holden. You have anything else? Um, I don't think so. Not really. All right. Overall, I thought it was a very strong opening episode. Made yeah. me really excited for the rest of the series. Yeah, I also quite enjoyed it. I'll uh, I'll let Jimmy be the one to keep up on the the deep lore stuff. I'll just watch it and enjoy <laughs> it as a, as a show. He can do the deep dives. I'll text I'll text you when the next baby dies. Okay. Yeah. So you know that it it doesn't come so far out of the blue for you. <laughs> so um, yes. Uh, all right, shall we go on to our final segment? Hold on. Yeah, let's do it. All right, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, so this, uh, so it's obviously it's been close to two weeks uh, since we recorded last. Um, I guess it has been two weeks since we last did. Oh, what are you doing? I actually haven't watched much um, in terms of like movies. The only movie I've really watched was uh, Inside the Mind of the, of the Cat, which is a new documentary on Netflix, which is it's fairly basic. It's like 60 minutes long and it's it just kind of goes over a lot of uh, how why cats act the way they do and everything. It was pretty interesting. I learned some things, but the, the best part was that my cat was thoroughly invested in it the whole time. <laughs> he was just like sitting on the couch right next to me staring at the screen and like reacting to cats doing things. It was so cute. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. If if you have a cat, it certainly heightens the experience of that documentary. This is on Netflix? Yep, Netflix. All right, nice. Nice. Uh, didn't realize, I, you know, I I guess I'd always subscribe to the, th- the idea that cats were not as smart as dogs, but apparently that's, like, not true, so. Yeah, yeah I would, well, <laughs> I think they're probably smarter. They're just probably less inclined to be trained 
to well, do things. Well, yeah, I mean, that's certainly true. I they it made it sound like they're about on par, um, but there's just like less research done on cats, so that's why a lot of people believe that Make, for a long time. Makes sense. Um, but anyway, uh, show wise, I was telling you I've been watching Westworld. I've only got two episodes left of this uh, current season, and. It has gotten really good. I can see why you were saying <laughs> that you saw people loving it because, like, the fourth episode was pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, the season up to that point had still been pretty good, but it, there was some, like, season one level stuff happening in that, and I was just kind of blown away. I was building Legos uh, at the while I was watching it, but it came to, like, halfway through the episode, and I just had to stop and, like, pay full attention to what was happening on the screen pretty good wow nice what are you building these days huh uh i just finished the bd1 oh very nice very nice because uh, it was on sale at costco um but yeah it's it's pretty large it's pretty cute too i really like it and the head is like weirdly bobbly um which initially kind of annoyed me but i think it's kind of cute because it adds to the amount of like adjustments you can make to it the, the head has a lot of positions you can put it in so nice i quite like it um but yeah um tv other tv shows that oh i started watching uh with my roommate the bear on hulu i've heard this is really good yeah it's um it's pretty short because it's like 30 minute episodes i think there's only eight of them uh right now but it's about this guy who he left home to kind of become it's it's a story that you sound it sounds like you've heard before because he leaves home to train and do something he he trains to to become like a fancy chef at like a fancy restaurant and then he comes back because he kind of has to help out with the family restaurant at home and everything but there's a lot of little wrenches thrown into that story and the the actor is very good it does a really good job of making me want to eat chicago beef because it's Mm. like this there the shop that his family runs is like a chicago beef sandwich restaurant or something and um or italian beef i guess i should say um it's it looks delicious this whole show does a very good job of making you hungry the performances are very good it is there are some points where they're in the kitchen and it almost like almost feels like uncut gems with how chaotic it can be but um it's it that's not like ever the whole episode or anything that's usually just like a part or something but very good so far i'm really liking it um and then game-wise, I am replaying God of War, Jimmy. Oh, very nice. Um, I just, I'm leaving Alfheim right now, so. Um, Is that the one with the light and dark? Yeah. The flying things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, very good. I It took me a while to get back into it, because for the first few hours i was like do i really just like not like this game as much as i remember because especially at the beginning the combat is so mundane it's like you basically have like four moves you can do and you just like have to keep doing it and i I mean it might not be as bad the first time because you i mean it's your first time experiencing it but replaying it i'm like oh geez there's just nothing to work with here it's just the same thing over and over but as you unlock more and you go to more areas, it gets more interesting. So gameplay-wise, I'm liking it more. Story-wise, it's still still excellent. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing the first time you played through it, you really have the novelty of the Leviathan Axe, like returning to yeah. you and the weight of that. And that yeah, was exactly. pretty a new feeling for gaming back then. That, at least I don't remember experiencing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was definitely a unique feeling weapon. Um, but yeah, I'll probably play some more of that tonight. Um, I don't think I have anything else, Jimmy. What about what about you? What are you up to? Um, well, I mentioned uh, in the Toms that I started watching Nathan for You on oh, yeah, yeah. HBO Max. Uh, <laughs> I, it's very entertaining. I mean, it's like 21 to 22 minute episodes, so they go by fast. There's a couple two or three different kind of uh, businesses or ideas featured in each one, and they are, they are ridiculous. <laughs> um, they're just pretty funny. It's There's a lot of situational humor. Um, it is, like, I just... It's incredible what this guy is okay doing to people, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I Part of it is, uh, makes me uncomfortable because it's, like, it is pretty... It I don't know. It does seem like he is just taking advantage of these people and their businesses but i would have to think there's a lot of forethought going into all these decisions being made um but it it is pretty funny like just the the situations (laughs) that he puts people in or the ideas he comes up with are just so ridiculous and stupid that um they they're they're just so entertaining and it's edited really well and these like little storylines that they put into it are are just (laughs) really funny and then just like like adapting to like all because it's like in southern california too so he meets some pretty strange people (laughs) and he like adapts to them and then you find out more about these people as the episode goes on and he'll like you know work off that um it's uh it's highly entertaining and fast paced. I think the only one I've seen is the I don't know if you've watched it yet the the souvenir shop one. Yeah. Okay, that's I've the only that. one I've seen. It was very good. Yeah. <laughs> they have to make a movie. They're like yeah. yeah, pretty funny. So, I I mean I recommend watching it if you're you know able Are, if you can watch TVMA. That's a. <laughs> suitable for your age range so if you're a younger listen listener yeah your parents permission okay (laughs) are you gonna watch uh the rehearsal after this i probably will yeah Yeah. i've heard good things about it but um yeah i'm like there's no way this nathan fielder guy is actually like this like it has to be at least somewhat an act no i i want to see like an interview with him in real life or something i mean it's very possible that he just puts up that like all the time but that's not what he's actually like. I don't know. I, I mean, I do think he is somewhat strange, mm-hmm. but I don't like. I don't think he's like that. Like I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Um, entertaining, nonetheless. Really funny. Uh, this morning I finished Guardians of Galaxy. Oh, nice. The game. Um, finally, I hadn't played it for like two weeks. So I was like, I really need to finish this. Um, if anything, I thought the game was too long. Um, I don't know if it was just because I played it in a weird segmented way, but I just felt like the back half of the game felt drawn out. But mm-hmm. uh, I had fun with it. I would put it along the lines of like Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, like oh, good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of the quality I would put it at. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was just such a big surprise. 
Honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, just very solid, just straightforward single player experience. Mm-hmm. I I did agree that I think the gameplay kind of grew old by the end of the game. Like yeah. it was like okay, I'm just gonna do the same thing. It was just like waves and waves and waves and waves of enemy mm-hmm. towards the climax. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I had a good time. I thought the story got pretty good. I was kind of surprised, but yeah, I thought it was yeah solid story too. Um, really appreciated Cosmo the dog. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, let's see. Otherwise, I think that's it. I I believe that's everything. Awesome. All right. Well, next week, uh, gee whiz. I, I think been... I think. Okay, here's my idea for next week, Holden. Okay. Uh, we have, um, first off, House of the Dragon Episode 2. Mm-hmm. Then we got invited to a special screening, early screening, of the premiere of The Rings of Power. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, that premiere of that. So, I think we should just do those two things. And then, I know that there's like a National Cinema Day. So, on Labor Day, I think... <laughs> May or no no next Sunday not Labor the day before Labor Day, it's like three dollar movies or something because it's September third, and so you know maybe we could maybe we could do something there. I don't okay. know. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Oh, I did. I I forgot to mention. I had mentioned it earlier in the episode. She Hulk. Mm. Uh, I've watched the first mm-hmm. two episodes of that. Um. I am pleasantly surprised with it actually. Um. I think I think a lot of the apprehension with the CG online had kind of gotten me more, less intrigued by it, but it it's probably the most straightforward comedy thing that Marvel has done yet and surprisingly out of the two episodes we've gotten, it's like the best connective tissue for Phase 4 so far. <laughs> oh wow. Which is really weird to say, um, but I just feel like it's it's brought together a few things, um, and it's it has a really good bit um, in the second episode regarding uh, since Abomination is in the show. That's not a spoiler; it's in the trailers. But um, Mark Ruffalo kind of makes a joke about how he wasn't the same person back when he fought Abomination <laughs> or something. Literally. <laughs> Which is funny because of the casting change of Edward Norton, um, but yeah, I solid. I'm liking it. I am very interested to see where it goes. It seems like it. It's very lighthearted and not taking itself too seriously. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. How many episodes? I think it's nine. Nine. So How long are these? They're like all over the minutes. place. Oh, just twenty minutes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. We'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, a lot of the Marvel shows start out good and then end up not as good, but I, I, for some reason, have more hope with this one. If this, if it kind of keeps up this tone, I think, doesn't try to do something huge by the end. We'll see. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, if you want to leave us a request you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on itunes or by emailing us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our patreon jimmy i think that's yep that's it all right sweet we'll come at you next week with the rings of power premiere 
versus Game of Thrones, or excuse me, House of the Dragon, or as uh, George R. R. Martin likes to call it, the hot D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's hot D episode two and the Rings of Power premiere, uh, and maybe a special surprise, but don't get your hopes up. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast.